You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Your righteousness is very great, is the title of this devotion. Psalm 71 is one of those psalms of David that I just can't stop reading. I love the whole message of this psalm. He, for example, oh, I mean, what can I pick out? It's all so good. He starts with, in you, O oh Lord, I put my trust. I will never let me never be put to shame. In you, O oh Lord, I put me, my trust. Let me never be put to shame. I mean, you could just start praying that. Be my strong refuge, verse 3, to which I may resort continuously. Oh, I love all these statements. He, verse 5, for you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I've been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall continuously. I mean, what heart, what loving thinking, what righteous attitude, what excellence of nature and character in communion with the Father, a heart that just shows, oh, my heart is right with God. My heart is well pleasing to God. My heart is perfect before God. My heart, a man of the God's own heart is what you're seeing here. You're seeing a man of the God's own heart, a man that doesn't come to God and say, you didn't do this, why didn't you do that? And I'm still waiting, I'm still believing. And all that moaning, moaning before the Lord. And sometimes I agree that can be a part of prayer, but please don't make it a lifestyle. Don't make it a ritual. Don't let it become part of your nature to be that way. Maybe you were in a ditch and you and you just complained and moped and the Lord pulled you out of that horrible ditch, out of that horrible pit, but you don't ever want to live with a pit mentality. No, David showed righteousness in his communion, in his communication with the Father. And then go with me, because it's all so beautiful, it's hard not to want to read it all. Go with me to verse 14, Psalm 71. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limit. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of your righteousness and yours only. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. Now also when I'm old and gray-headed, oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Also, your righteousness, oh God, is very high. That's where I get the title of. Your, righteous, your righteousness is very great is the title of this devotion. And your righteousness, O God, is very high, or your righteousness is very great. You who have done great things, you who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You, Lord God, who have shown me 
great and severe troubles shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every kind. With the lute, I will praise you and your faithfulness, O my God. To you, I will sing with the harp, O Holy One of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you when my soul with and my soul which you have redeemed my tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long for they are for they are confounded for they are brought to shame who seek my heart David had this this fountain of righteousness with God he talked in these psalms and there's so many of them as the heart that was pleasing to God, as the heart after God, as the heart that lived in perfect righteousness with God. Even when David suffered the horrific pains of his own failings and sins and shortcomings of which he says, they are too many. They've gone like the floods over my head, Lord. I've sunk in the mire, Psalm 69, and all these psalms where he is weeping to God about his own failings. He says, my, my eyes are swollen with weeping. My, my throat is hoarse with crying out to you, but I know you're standing ready with an arm of kindness and love towards me. And even though I'm the son of the drunkard and the talk of the town, I will keep right on praying to you. That's Psalm 69 in the Living Bible. Oh, how I love it. That even when David was confronted with his own failings and with people's accusations and with people whispering in Psalm 41 that he was going to die because some horrible disease is sticking to him and he'll never recover. David just kept on expressing that righteousness with God. And that is a spirit of faith that God's looking for in you and me. That's a spirit of faith that he wants out of you and me. And I want to take you here to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, how I love this chapter. How I love this chapter and especially these verses. For the love of Christ compels us for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for us all then all of us have died for he died for us all that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh, just mere human. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we don't know him that way. Now we know that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things of that old sin nature has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, but has committed to us this word of reconciliation. Now then, we are the ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like it's not possible. It's not possible. 
Jesus, who knew no sin, was made sin for us and suffered the punishment due us. All that cruelty that was done to him in his life on earth and in his death on the cross, how they tortured him so brutally. If you ever struggle with vengeful feelings, with vindictive feelings, with that horrible nagging pain that they should pay for their sin because of what you've suffered because of them. Look at the cross of Calvary, where the nail prints in his hands sufficient for you for, as punishment. With the crown of thorns upon his head that was beaten with sticks and the thorns that were this long went deep into his skull and blood gushed out of his head. Was that sufficient punishment for you? When they tore, out, tore off the skin off of his back and chest as they brutally chastised him, mercilessly ripping the skin off of his body and, and, and cutting through the flesh. Was that enough punishment for you? When they so brutally spit upon him and pulled out his beard and hung upon a cross and drove nails through his hands and feet, is that enough punishment? Do you, do you get it? And I know that's a very graphic way of making the point, but sometimes we need to wake up. Jesus bore the punishment that was due us, due you, due me. He bore that punishment so that God on his behalf could declare us not guilty, Romans chapter three talks about. That because of Jesus, God could declare us not guilty. And through faith in Jesus, we could enter in complete forgiveness and cleansing away of every stain of sin and guilt and shame, of every vengeful and vindictive and offended, hurt feeling inside of our hearts. You see, he who knew no sin was made sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God, that right standing that he now enjoys in the heavenly Father's presence, that perfect communion with the Father is what he now imparts to us by the Holy Spirit, so that now we can live in this perfect righteousness with God. You see, it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, for of him of the Heavenly Father, you are in Christ. It's the Heavenly Father that placed you in Christ Jesus, who's become wisdom from God and righteousness, sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Jesus has been made wisdom. Now through Jesus, you can comprehend and, and, and you can connect with God for all the riches of the Godhead are housed in him. And He has become your righteousness, sanctification and redemption. It is more glorious than we could ever have dared ask God to do for us in saving us. And therefore, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel in Romans 1.16 of Christ, for this the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Yes, for the Jew first, but also for the Greek. In other words, for everybody. For in it, for in the gospel of Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. 
as you begin to just trust in the Lord Jesus with your heart. With your heart, you believe that God, that he is the son of God. You, with your heart, you believe God raised him from the death and with your mouth, there it is, Romans 10, 10. You confess that he is your Lord. Salvation begins to come. What is that salvation? Perfect righteousness with God. Perfect righteousness with God. And you see, the Apostle Paul was a man who lived like many today, but maybe not in the way that Paul did it, but many people feel, no, as, as long as I'm a good person, then I'm okay. And they boast in self. And they think, well, I wasn't like him. Hey, oh, look at him, he did that, he did that. Oh, he was deceitful, he was crooked, he was unclean, or he was unrighteous, or he was mean, or he was cruel. But at least I'm not like them. I'm, at least I'm not like them. And you see, often we don't realize that pride can find itself as much as in looking down as others, as in praising ourselves. See, pride, which is the most despicable nature before God, it's worse than any other nature of sin before Him, can find itself in looking down on others who have made terrible mistakes and done things wrong, or in exalting self to say, well, at least I'm not like them. I have done this, I've, or I've never done that, what they've done, or I've never been like that. You see, and we all can be trapped in that without meaning to. It's not that we're saying, hey, I'm an arrogant person, I'm gonna be this way. Oh no, we can often feel so humble, weeping and saying, oh Lord, thank you, I'm not like them, I'm not like them, thank you. And mean it well, and it's still pride. It still causes a separation between us and God. So the Apostle Paul lived in that way. He said, I'm a Jew. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Pharisee. I live up to the strictest code of the law. And I am blameless before everybody and how I keep the law. Nobody can tell me I've done something wrong. I've done everything that you're supposed to do. And, and Paul says, I boasted myself in all of these things. But then look what he says here in Philippians 3 verse 7. Philippians 3 verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these have now counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. He says, you know, I want to live in this righteousness that comes through my union with Jesus, a righteousness that I never, never knew what it felt like when I was seeking my own righteousness through my efforts and my good deeds. But now the righteousness I enjoy through my union with Jesus, the righteousness He has in heaven with the Father that He imparts to me by the Holy Spirit that I receive by simply trusting in Him, it is heavenly. I know nothing against myself. 
And that doesn't mean I don't make any mistakes, but I know the love and acceptance and well-pleasing spirit of my Father. I've been made accepted to the beloved, as Ephesians 1 talks about. I live in this incredible peace with God that surpasses all my understanding. And I have this tingling of joy that my Father loves me and that He's for me. Oh my goodness, I can't stop talking about this righteousness that I am given through faith in Christ, a righteousness I don't deserve. It's not mine, it's His. What a wonderful thing, friends. This is what God has for you and me, amen. Have a good day.